Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all your favorite podcasting apps and, of course, is also a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. I thank you once and always for that and for... It is, it is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. The Minnesota Vikings played against the New England Patriots and for the first time in about 20 years, finally beat the New England Patriots. It was a back-and-forth battle, had all the potential of being another disappointment and a chance to put this team in a position that was a little bit scary, but ultimately the Minnesota Vikings showed up to play for the most part and got the job done, thankfully. So a lot of us feeling a little bit better at the end of this one. Final score of 33-26 to over the difficult-to-play New England Patriots, to say the least. Uh, Bill Belichick obviously always having his team prepared. It's ironic, though, how... Obviously, Bill Belichick, going way back in the early portions of his career, was a special teams coach, so obviously he's not going to be real happy with what took place today. And, of course, the announcers brought that up many times as well. Special teams definitely haunted the New England Patriots and were a big help for the Minnesota Vikings. They pretty much dominated in special teams, including Kenny Nwangwu's 97-yard return. And, of course, uh, the the play was uh, Vikings were going to punt the ball. Ryan Wright was punting the ball and was... You know, his ankle was hit, or basically the edge of his foot was hit by a New England special teamer, uh, the the gunner, as they say. The next thing you know, the Vikings have a first down, and things start to spiral for the New England Patriots as the game progresses, and the Vikings ultimately take the lead and win the football game, thankfully. Uh, not the prettiest game you ever saw, not the best defensively played game you ever saw. Kirk Cousins had an interception, but responded incredibly after that and had an, a, an extremely efficient game prime time and on a holiday honestly three touchdowns and one interception just under 300 yards a 299 quarterback rating of 119 uh 116.1 anyway and 30 of 31 80 percent completion percentage 81 percent to be exact wow absolutely great and you saw some fun cute trick plays again on the opening drive justin jefferson uh, it was kirk cousins to jefferson and then justin jefferson with the completion down the field a little bit further to his friend Adam Thielen. That was kind of fun. Jefferson wound up with nine catches, 139 yards. Looked spectacular. Not as spectacular as he did against the um, Buffalo Bills or anything, but still had made some huge plays along the way, including a 37-yarder uh, and got into the end zone once. T.J. Hawkinson, nice, nice rebound of a game. Only had one ball not caught, ultimately five catches, 43 yards. Nothing spectacular, but finally got in the end zone on a bit of a fade type of play. Then at Bill Belichick, you could see the words GD it, basically. Like, uh, I don't know, somebody lost their man, basically, that type of thing. Hawkinson was able to kind of open up on that play, and that felt really nice. Adam Thielen got in the end zone. Not sure there's a whole lot of love lost between Adam Thielen and Bill Belichick. I swear I saw... I hope I didn't see this, but I swear I saw Bill Belichick basically blow off Adam Thielen when he tried to come and give him like a bro hug or whatever at the end of the game. Look, uh, hopefully it was like afterward and I just missed it, or like the 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 camera hadn't got or the camera got there late, that type of thing. But it looked like Belichick just blew him off, so that kind of sucks. Um, remember how the last time the two were kind of going at it, last time these two play teams played. Bill Belichick throwing a challenge flag at Adam Thielen, like saying, hey, that's BS, blah, 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 blah. 
And then Belichick looked him uh, feeling in the eye and told him, ah, shut the bleep up, basically. So that was, it was funny, but also kind of, you know, eh, you know, a little bit hard, I guess. Um, <clears throat> the Vikings had a hell of a time getting to, <laughs> hell of a time getting to Mac Jones until late in the game. Ultimately wound up a three sack somehow. Ross Blacklock <laughs> got one of the sacks along with Daniel Hunter and Jordan Hicks. Late in the game, things just didn't work out for the uh, New uh, the New England quarterback Mac Jones, but he's a pretty good quarterback. Uh, nice, nice game for him. And again, against the the, the Donna Shell defense, as people like to call it now, which is not a very affectionate way to call it, unfortunately for Ed Donatel. <laughs> Apologize, <clears throat> but uh, Mac Jones did very well. Did not turn the ball over. At a quarterback rating of 119.8, so basically 120, he completed about 72% of his passes for 382 yards and two touchdowns. It does help that for about, I don't know, seven-eighths of the game or so, Mac Jones was protected insanely well. Uh, he faced very, very little resistance, uh, very, very few hurries, very good uh, offensive line protection of Mac Jones for most of the game. So that's going to help. So the pass rush has been, has been very ineffective for quite a while. Um, Zadarius Smith was contained majorly. He got like one quarterback hurry basically in the first, I don't know, but, but by about the nine-minute mark of the fourth quarter, that's about where he was at. So insanely frustrating there. Um, again, New England offense efficient at times. Devontae Parker had a big play. Uh, they also had a, a touchdown taken away where they had to settle for a field goal, did the Patriots. Um, was it uh, <laughs> Hunter Henry? Yep. The tight end, Hunter Henry, had a touchdown taken away because, well, he just quite didn't quite have control of the ball. He wasn't quite Justin Jefferson, <laughs> Justin Jeffersoning it, getting the hand underneath the ball. Unfortunately, the ball went to the ground first and bounced up, so that officially is a, you know, I, he didn't have full possession of the ball. So that's unfortunate for um, <laughs> Hunter Henry, but very fortunate for us. Nick Folk made all of his kicks. Surprise, surprise. Um, Adrian, did I call him Adrian Peterson? Kirk Cousins, I don't know where that came from, was completely blindsided by Josh Uch, completely blindsided. Honestly, both offensive lines played very well in today's game. Blake Brandle, much, 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 much better than last week, except on that play. It's like he was just kind of left on an island there, uh, um, <laughs> where Josh Uch just kind of got right past and blindsided Kirk Cousins, but luckily no strip sack or anything crazy like that. Just an overall better played football game. The Vikings learned a lot of lessons last week, I think. So you feel a hell of a lot better at the end of the day with how the Vikings played versus last week. I mean, last week was an abomination at the end of the day for any football fan. I mean, when you consider how well the Detroit Lions have been playing, they would have been like furious to a point of like, what the heck? I don't care if this is the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles, the Kansas City Chiefs. It doesn't matter. Losing... By, by a score like that is unacceptable. Losing by 37 points is unacceptable um, at home or on the road. It was it was an abomination of a game for the Minnesota Vikings. So you got to think, hopefully, there's going to be some improvements coming There's and that there's no tailspin on the way where we start playing like garbage and start losing two, three, four, five games in a row. And next thing you know, the Vikings are, you know, fighting to even make the playoffs, which would be the dumbest thing ever. Luckily, no, I, I don't think this team's going to fight to make the playoffs. They're basically like a win away from probably clinching at least a wild card or so. But oftentimes it takes longer, even though you're going to make it anyway. At 10 wins, more than likely you're going to make it. 
but um, it'll probably take to 11 for it to be official, <clears throat> and hopefully with the upcoming schedule, it's not that far away when you look at the grand scheme of things. <clears throat> Pardon me, I got a frog in my throat again. I've had a hard time lately with that, so uh, correcting that issue at the moment, <laughs> apologize. <clears throat> so, again, just a well-played football game. You come out of it feeling better. I, I feel satisfied. I don't think this was a great game. I don't think we thoroughly thrashed the New England Patriots. I do think both teams played very well, to be quite fair. Again, like I said, the offensive line of the New England Patriots was really effective. And the, the uh, unfortunately, the pass rush of Minnesota was not. Pass rush of New England, who has been very, very effective all season, not so great either. Um, one of the best uh, takeaway teams in the NFL, the New England Patriots. That's historic for um, Bill Belichick, whether Spygate or not. That's how they won the Super Bowl versus teams like the Rams and such with the, um, you know, obviously forcing turnovers and pass rush this and that, depending on the situation. Um, so for this uh, offensive line to protect as well as they did, and tight ends, to be fair, to protect as well as they did, they deserve a ton of credit. So you just feel so much better. Uh, Dalvin Cook didn't have nearly the uh, performance that he did the last couple of weeks. It, it is what it is. I mean, the New England run defense is pretty tough. They swallowed things up, but Kirk Cousins was up to the task. Primetime Kirk looked like primetime Kirk, and you get to have the, uh, what do they call them, Kirko chains, basically, out there. I think that's the first time I even mentioned that because I'm, I'm not into that kind of stuff. I'm just not. Uh, and good for them if they want to have fun with that and ends up being a special thing, and we end up winning a Super Bowl, and it's something we talk about, just like maybe Kirby Puckett and the 87 Twins and stuff. I think he, one of those... Uh, he, he dressed up like one of those kind of like biker people of, of that era. Those, those uh, like black outfit. I forget what it is. Kind of leather, black outfit. It was kind of cool. <laughs> it was kind of nice. Um, but it was of that era, the late 80s. And it was a fun thing. You know, they had fun with stuff like that. And, you know, you have fond memories. Uh, even silly stuff like the, 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 the file in Joe Necro's pocket. Stuff like that. And hopefully we remember Kirk O'Chains one day as, you know, that magical season where the Vikings went on to win the Super Bowl. Um, that would be a lot of fun. You know, the the rally monkey for the Anaheim uh, Angels. They won the World Series. You know, stuff like that. Um, hopefully that ends up being a wonderful memory. Regardless of, <laughs> I might think it's silly or not my cup of tea or whatever. It is what it is. Next week, the Vikings will play the New York Jets. It's, we're back to Nooners again. New York Jets, Sunday the 4th of December. And then Sunday the 11th of December, Detroit Lions. That would be in Detroit. And then still the... Uh, Indianapolis Colts game is still to be decided for some reason. So that's interesting if that's Thursday or whatever, or Saturday or something. And then we will have a Saturday game versus the Giants uh, on Christmas Eve instead of Christmas Day. <clears throat> so it kind of makes sense. And the New Year's Day versus the Green Bay Packers, the Giants game is at noon. Um, that's Christmas Eve, of course. And then New Year's Day, 325 versus Green Bay in Green Bay. That can't be an easy game necessarily. And then the Bears game, which is a classic at the end of the year. Vikings and Bears. This one will be on the road, right? So, yeah, this one will be on the road, I believe. I mean, we had so many home games to wrap up with Chicago every year. So that'll be interesting. And that one is to be decided as well. Kind of looking at the uh, upcoming schedule. Plenty of winnable games there. This team's chances of having a, you know, 13 wins or something are pretty high. You know, thirteen and four is a very realistic record for this club, considering only two losses at the moment. So, it's very possible. Thirteen and four seems like a very, very doable target. 
14 and 3 would be better, and so on and so forth. <laughs> 15 and 2 would be insane, but I guess you never know. That would probably, hopefully, give us home field advantage, and this time, hopefully, uh, it could lead to a Super Bowl appearance and hopefully the ultimate goal of winning it because you got to win um, at the end of the day. One way or another, looks like a very, very promising season still. But if the Vikings win a championship or whatever, you're gonna, it, we're going to be probably, it's not going to be like Seattle-Denver where Seattle finally wins a Super Bowl after all those years struggling and being a mediocre franchise. So just Seattle started making mistakes early and then, or excuse me, Denver made mistakes early, the fumbled snap or, you know, high snap, whatever. And then Seattle, it was like a tsunami. It was a tidal wave and they destroyed Denver and it was never a game and blah, blah, blah. Um, anticlimactic, but I'm sure still felt great for Seattle fans. Um, I don't think Vikings will have that kind of a, a fortune <laughs> if the Vikings get to the Super Bowl. It'll be a game like this probably a back-and-forth battle where you're maybe trailing for an extended period. And in this game, it felt for a long time like there was a pretty good chance we weren't going to win this game. It was like the Patriots had the advantage. They had a lead. They even had the ball with the lead and this and that. And then finally, finally, momentum started to change a little bit. And <clears throat> running into the Kipker certainly was a huge break for Minnesota, but that's on the Patriots. That's not the referees bailing us out. That's on the Patriots. Occasionally, the referees don't make the call, and then you're really screwed, and then you're pissed off, and <laughs> I don't know, and then you're bitching about the refs for the next week or so, and hoping you get calls next week. Oh, the refs did this, and the refs did that, but well, if anything, the Patriots can't complain about the refs. They can complain, however, about their special teams play. Again, giving up Kenny Nwangwu's 97-yard return. That was epic and awesome. <laughs> and definitely, he's a candidate one way or another for a Fran Tarkington Award, even though it's one play, but He's been great all season, and he's becoming a historic kick returner now. Uh, that's three touchdowns already in his career, which is great. He had two last year. He's, he's been wonderful. This is, what, only his second year in the league, and he's already got three special teams touchdowns. So, awesome. Uh, all returns, of course. Um, he's becoming a historic guy at that position. And years in the past, Minnesota had struggled so mightily at kick returning. There was just nothing. Ever since Cordero Patterson left, there was like nothing there. It was frustrating. He'd return like 10 yards maybe, and your punter would just fair catch like 99% of the time. Maybe you'd get, you'd average about five yards a return on a punt, and it was heartbreaking. You know? You know, I just saw the replay of that Henry touchdown, potential touchdown anyway. Huh. You know, I, I that that looked different. That actually looked like he might have had it. It's like no wonder he was kind of waving like, yeah, whatever, BS. That was a touchdown after the call was reversed. Huh. Well, I mean, <laughs> they know more than I do, and I'm glad we, yeah, I'm glad that call was made in, in our favor. Interesting. Um, that looked like a 50-50 call. It didn't look obvious. To some people, at the time, it looked more obvious, like, no, he didn't catch it. Huh. Well, there's my objective uh, NFL fan side coming out versus my, my purple shades. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, yeah, and there was a big, huge play also where Justin Jefferson actually played a little cornerback on a potential interception as well. So, I mean, Kirk Cousins was good for the most part. Uh, Greg Joseph mixed, missed another extra point. It was pretty ugly, actually, but at least he made the other three. Uh, I, I don't think he should be cut or anything. That question was brought up by Mad Martin, and I'm sure other people as well are probably thinking that at times. He's a pretty good kicker. He's certainly not elite. Damn, you know, 
I, I wish we didn't give up on uh, Carlson, but he had such an awful game. Remember the whole infamous you saw the game from Mike Zimmer and all that. So, But ultimately, Rick Spielman, the guy who drafted him, had to make that final decision, being the general manager. Um, so it's a, it's a damn shame. Uh, another thing that helped is Cameron Bynum was back out there. That's good, obviously. Um, Duke Shelley, I thought, was reasonably good. He, he got beat a little bit. In fact, yes, he did. He did get beat a bit. That's why he had six total tackles. Uh, Sullivan... Again, that obviously that touchdown didn't happen, thankfully. As if Sullivan would have been beat for a touchdown, but the guy didn't have control of the ball, him being Henry of the New England Patriots. Just an overall well-played, fun NFL game on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, I, I, I'm, not, you know, nothing major to complain about. It was entertaining. It was solid. It was good quality, I thought, for the most part. It was nice to see the offensive line protecting each other. Would have been fun to see Mac Jones be brought down a bit, but I don't know. <clears throat> it's not fun necessarily when it's just sack, 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 unless it's just your team doing it. Sometimes it's ugly and frustrating at the same time. I mean, it's nice to see good quarterback play and all that. It made the game entertaining, <clears throat> and I respect that in a huge way. Um, K.J. Osborne had a key first down run as well, kind of on a reverse play, five-yard gain. That felt like a million bucks. Uh, that was one of the key first downs that helped to drive late in the game, moving the clock and such. Uh, Jalen Rager had a huge 25-yard play as well. That made us feel great. Johnny Munt, a couple of catches. Again, T.J. Hoggison, five catches for only 43 yards, but a lot of them were pretty key, including that touchdown, which is like, ah, oh, finally. Hoggison, much, much better game. He was awful last week. Awful. He started awful, and he stayed awful the entire game. It sucks seeing K.J. Osborne only getting one catch, and then he did have that cool run on third down, which really helped get a first down. Made you feel great. But it'd be nice to see K.J. Osborne involved a little bit more. I mean, you know, nine, you know, ten targets for Thielen, eleven for Jefferson. Good, worthy, and all that. But I don't know. Why not three or four uh, targets for K.J. Osborne? I think there's, I think it's possible to mix it up a little bit at times. But uh, good to see Regar again. Uh, Justin Jefferson's uh, <laughs> counterpart there. In the <laughs> in the 2020 NFL draft, kind of fascinating considering you know when the Eagles took him and a lot of people locally actually were kind of like you know Rager's definitely a, a guy maybe the Vikings are looking at but it turned out they weren't at all they were actually like ha ha they passed on Jefferson wow and then Vikings took him so I was dancing on the clouds and the Vikings took Justin Jefferson I did not think he would be this good I did not but I did think he was going to be a very successful wide receiver in the NFL and. To me, it was just obvious. You you saw what you saw. You, know, you watched video after video of what he could do in college. And it was like, that's one of, I mean, that's my guy if he's there at the wide receiver position. Uh, we had to take a wide receiver because Stefan Diggs was obviously departed. But to think that's who the Vikings wound up with just feels like a million bucks. Of course, this is old news again. You know, I can't be just bragging like I'm Mr. Genius and telling you that was the guy, and I'm right, and blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> I know, that's it's old news now in terms of that, It's uh, but it's still wonderful to have him there. If you want to hear it at the time, to hear proof that I was into Justin Jefferson at the time, take a look back at the draft preview in 2020 of April, and April, March, and then the review of 2020 in um, when the Vikings did take Justin Jefferson in, uh, I believe it was early May. So if you're curious... You don't have to, but if you're curious. <laughs> so always appreciated those of you that do care to go back for that kind of thing. Just a well, overall kind of well-played game. Not great by the defense, but not that bad. 
certainly not that bad. I mean, they made the plays when they needed to, and it made you feel a hell of a lot better. The Fran Tarkington for this episode, it's kind of tough. I mean, it could be Justin Jefferson very easily. Some wonderful plays, including uh, deflecting a pass that could have been intercepted. Kirk Cousins, other than the interception, was insanely good. He was insanely good. Uh, Members of the offensive line, they all stepped up. I mean, even, again, Blake Brandle did really well. Uh, Ole Udo did did pretty well as well. Um, Guys like that when they were in there. Of course, Brian O'Neill, absolutely wonderful. Uh, Bradbury did well, this and that. So really appreciate what, what these guys were capable of doing to make this team feel better and come back and have a 9-2 and record now. Again, a half game behind the Philadelphia Eagles going into this upcoming uh, weekend. And I will, obviously, you'll notice the show is being uploaded in um, uh, Sunday, but I'm recording this fresh on Thanksgiving night. So, <laughs> recording this fresh on Thanksgiving night, because why wait two days to review a game? It kind of feels tough when it comes to football. I do it all the time with, like, hockey and basketball, but when there's a game every two days, it's a little different. Football is a week-by-week thing, and if I'm not fresh to review a football game, that's not good. Unfortunately, at the time I'm recording segment number two and three of this show, Philadelphia Green Bay will not be completed. That's a Sunday night game. We'll be talking about it. Hopefully... One of the rare cases we'll be cheering for Green Bay. Hopefully the Packers get the job done and win that one. Yes, go Green Bay, go Pack, go. Yes, please. Please go Pack, go. It's not because I'm cocky and think the Packers suck. It's because, well, they have seven losses and we need their help. <laughs> Plain and simple. Beat the freaking Eagles. Go Pack, go. Dun, 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 dun. Go Pack, go. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, I, I don't think the Vikings are going to lose seven games this year. Knock on wood. Famous last words. So <laughs> just please don't do that. That would be ridiculous. It'd be really, should be really crappy. <laughs> if the Vikings only win one more game this year, that would suck so bad. Don't do that. Come on. Win win at least 11, right? Okay. Just win at least 11. Uh, go back. Go. Okay. There. <laughs> I said it again. <laughs> I hope the Vikings win more than 11. That'd be incredibly disappointing as well. The Christian Potter Memorial for this episode, was there really anybody that stood out as a, ter- as a uh, had a terrible game for Minnesota? Um, not really. I mean, I'm not going to pick on Duke Shelley. He saved our butts in Buffalo. He deflected a pass. He was okay. He was all right. I I don't know, and I don't want to pick on, pick on Blake Brandle for uh, giving up the sack. That was like one play. Um, it's, I don't know, he didn't get help. Sometimes a guy needs help too, so that would be nice. Maybe just generally some of the, some of the, uh, occasionally some of the play calling drove me nuts, like, uh, you know, the short play, the short pass to TJ Hawkinson on third and long, when he'd have to break like three or four tackles to get a first down, like, that's the, that's Zimmer crap. That's, that, that's Zimmer and Clint Kubiak standards. I, I just, I'm sorry, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. So what's the point? And they were showing Viking fans with paint and their 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 Helga horns and stuff, yeah, but they looked more like like real Viking the, the the real Viking look than say like a, the purple thing, uh, purple with white horns. It was <laughs> you could read their lips like what was that? They were just they were pissed, and fans were booing. So yeah, because we're sick of that Zimmer garbage, and that's what we saw in a couple of plays. Some of the play calling in general on occasion was bad, but generally speaking, it was creative for the most part. Just plays like that had you kind of like, I don't know, sick and mad at the same time. Um, 
Maybe I can look at the other really fast for the heck of it. The other Thanksgiving games. Maybe I can kind of cheat ahead with those and then not, not review those on Sunday. Um, or maybe I will. I don't know. I could talk about them a little bit and I'll maybe go back and open some more. Uh, but yeah, Dallas was able to overcome the New York Giants today, 28-20. to 20. Not the prettiest thing you ever saw. The Giants don't look as good as they did earlier this season. They're certainly not a threat this season. They're certainly not. They're they're not as much of a threat as we thought, but I do think they're still wild card material at 7-4. and four. The Cowboys are riding high, and watch out. I don't want the Cowboys to catch up with the Vikings. They're only one game behind Minnesota. So watch out for the Dallas Cowboys, 28-20, and 8-3 record for the Dallas Cowboys. So watch out. Daniel Jones looked kind of like a game manager. Barkley didn't dominate at all. Darius Slayton, 63 yards in the air. Zeke Elliott was contained really nicely early, but started breaking loose. Tony Pollard was actually less effective than Zeke Elliott in this game. Zeke Elliott averaged almost six yards a carry as he just kind of kept getting better and better and better. CeeDee Lamb, yet another one of those great receivers in that amazing 2020 draft, was a huge part. Uh, the Giants' chances of winning the game were because Dak Prescott started turning the ball over and his efficiency started to drop off a bit. But generally speaking, Dallas got the job done, despite, again, uh, Brett Maher also missing a kick. Funny. And uh, but uh, guys like Micah Parsons, two more sacks for him, and then help the Cowboys get to eight and three. So watch out, Buffalo, Detroit. Dan Campbell knocking those kneecaps again, doing a great job, but just could not finish it. Buffalo ended the game in dramatic fashion, and ended up surviving. Josh Allen did have an interception in the game. He did also display his athleticism yet again with ten rushes, including a touchdown at seventy-eight yards. Uh, his counterpart, we'll say, his, his cohort Devin Singletary, 14 rushes for 72 yards. <laughs> Good for them. Uh, Jared Goff was pretty solid, not great, but solid. Did, did get two touchdowns, but wasn't as efficient as he'd like to be, I'm sure. I'm sure he's kicking himself a little bit down the stretch. Uh, Amon, uh, Amon Rustane Brown, though, with nine catches and 122 yards, an epic performance for him. Gave Detroit a real chance to win this one. A touchdown, and Jamal Williams also ran one in, but a fumble lost, F- uh, fatal for the Detroit Lions. It's turn turnovers are the kind of thing that can kill you in a close game like this. Um, Buffalo to fight as much as they did to beat the Detroit Lions doesn't say Buffalo's bad. It says Detroit's becoming a bigger and bigger threat, and good for them. Good for them. They deserve to be a team. Uh, it's a fan base that deserves some, you know, deserves something to cheer for, and. I think Dan Campbell is a coach that deserves to be that that deserves to be reckoned with. I think he's a good coach. I think he's doing something right. I think people should respect him more than they do, rather than he's just some goon, you know, some goon tight end. You know, I thought Mike Tice deserved more respect than he got. So Dan Campbell's basically a modern version of Mike Tice, to be quite fair. Kind of, you know, that big, the big, the big lug, whatever, you know, a big lug type of guy, but I think deserves respect. So. Congratulations, Detroit, for making it a hell of a game, and I'm very sorry you lost. Buffalo, also 8-3. and three. Two fantastic teams, Dallas and Buffalo. You never know. Maybe they'll maybe they'll match up in the Super Bowl again. Go Buffalo in that case. Oh, please, Buffalo, get the job done. Get some revenge. It's funny to think they did play in the Super Bowl twice, and it did not go well for Buffalo. Good Buffalo team, but just just did not show up to play in those Super Bowls. Very depressing at the end of the day. Um, so I guess I'll, I talked about Thanksgiving football in general today and gave out the awards for this, uh, this episode, urban legend of the day. I don't know. I mean, wow, it took 20 years to finally get past the New England Patriots. Maybe it's not really 
weird. It's just remarkable that it took that long. It took 20 years to finally beat Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. 20 years to beat Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. That's a long time. So it's a nice, nice, nice accomplishment. Congratulations, Minnesota. With that said, we'll take a quick break, and we're going to come back for the second uh, second segment to look around the league, talk about, I guess, the Bears <laughs> and the Packers and Eagles, I suppose, a bit, even though that game will still be playing, and um, preview the New York Jets coming up, who don't look as good lately. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to look around the NFL, of course, the NFC North, and previewing the New York Jets game coming up next week, which will be in U.S. Bank Stadium. Another nooner, so that's good. We'll see how it turns out. Of course, first, though, we want to hear from DraftKings. We're going to hear from DraftKings, our sponsor on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Really, really appreciate it. DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season, or should I say Christmas season. (laughs) Yep, so um, right now new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up game, uh, same-game parlays. That's pretty good. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets, like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost. The bigger your shot to win big. Yes, sir. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. (laughs) Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details as the disclaimer will be there. Absolutely. So, again, do download that app. So, continuing from where we left off, Uh, I did talk about the games that were on Thanksgiving. The Buffalo Bills did beat Detroit and some poor uh, game management late in that game, unfortunately, by our friend Dan Campbell. That's unfortunate. I I like him, though. I want him to succeed. And the Dallas Cowboys beat the Giants. Yay. They're actually very close to the Vikings still, unfortunately, and you don't want to get into that tiebreaker issue. Tampa Bay, what are you doing? What are you doing, Tampa Bay? They lost to Cleveland. They lost to Cleveland. What the hell? In in overtime, Tampa Bay is now 5-6, and six, still in first place, so maybe they'll be one of those cute uh, teams that has a losing record and still wins their division. And, I don't know, maybe squeaks out a win in the first round and then loses in the second. But I, I wouldn't want them coming to our... Uh, I wouldn't want them coming to U.S. Bank Stadium. Believe me, I, I wouldn't. Uh, Tom Brady is still undefeated against the Vikings. Would, be, would this be the year we end that uh, streak as well, where Bill Belichick undefeated versus Minnesota. So... We'll have to wait and see, at least as a member of the Patriots. Uh, as the head coach of the Patriots, Cleveland only wins their fourth game of the season, defeating Tampa Bay, Vinrock Finch Germano's club, in case he's listening, out of Melbourne, Australia, Jacoby Brissett. One touchdown, one interception in the game. Meh. 
not good completion percentage or anything like that. Brady, kind of efficient, kind of not. Ricard White with 64 yards on the ground, no touchdowns. Chris Goodwin with 110 yards in the air and 12 receptions and a touchdown. Good for him. Amari Cooper led Cleveland with 94 yards in the air, but Nick Chubb was probably their best player in the game, averaging 4.5 uh, yards a carry, 116 yards in a TD, but Anthony Schwartz also getting in the end zone. And David Njgoku <laughs> with a receiving touchdown. Cleveland with the win, though, in overtime. That's what matters in that sense. Miles Garrett with a second half, sharing that with Jadavian Clowney. Kind of a familiar name, right? And Jordan Elliott also picking up a sack. Good for the Cleveland Browns beating Tampa, I suppose, right? <laughs> so much for the Tampa Bay Bucks, I guess. Cincinnati beat Tennessee in, in uh, Tennessee today. Very huge, 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 huge win for the Cincinnati Bengals. They're in second place now in the NFC North, getting closer and closer to the playoffs, trying to defend their AFC Championship. And, yeah, I mean, I know. I mean, if the Vikings don't make it to the Super Bowl, I'm strongly cheering for the AFC to win. Why would I cheer for the Eagles? Why would I cheer? The only team that I would cheer for in the NFC might be San Francisco, and it depends on who's there in the AFC. If it's Kansas City, you know I'm not cheering for the AFC in the Super Bowl. You know I'm not. <laughs> so, there's that other team. Just not a fan. Sorry. Um... Joe Burrow only completed 22 of 37. It wasn't the prettiest game ever. Ryan Tannehill didn't have his most efficient game ever. Both quarterbacks' ratings were just barely in the 90s. Uh, Perrine with 58 yards on the ground and a touchdown for Cincy. Only 9 yards for a long, so just kind of a... I don't know. I mean, Tennessee, obviously, good solid defense, and Derrick Henry only 9 yards for a long on 17 carries. The Cincinnati defense showed up to play today, at least in the run game, but receiving game, actually, Derrick Henry, a bit more valuable. A 69-yard scamper to get his number up to 79 total, so again, that tells you, without that scamper of 69 yards, which did not result in a touchdown for Tennessee, Derrick Henry, awfully mediocre. It's just amazing. I mean, I talk about this every single week. It's I, I just can't believe how quickly running backs run out of gas in the NFL. It's, it's sad, man. It's really sad. Uh, T. Higgins, 114 yards in the air. I'd say he's the best player on Cincinnati, at least on the offensive side of the ball, with a touchdown and, again, the 114 yards and seven catches. Great game for T. Higgins. Sam Hubbard with only uh, with the lone sack for Cincy. And Tennessee also only had one sack. That from Demarcus Walk Walker. Walker. I'm just kidding. Demarcus Walker, of course. Um, yeah. No Joe Mixon in the game for Cincy. So, it is what it is. Tennessee, nice win, though. 7-4 and four on the season. Miami over the crappy and sappy and crappy Houston Texans. 1-9-1 and one on the year. Miami Heat. No, Miami Dolphins. Five wins in a row after losing to the Vikings. And uh, two are returning. Wow. They look great. 8-3. and 8-3, and three, just like the Cowboys. It's a very good Miami Dolphins team. They beat a crappy team today, but so what? They they beat them, though. They didn't screw around like, like the frickin' uh, Buccaneers did today. They did screw around a little bit because they had a 30 nothing lead at the end of the half. 30 to nothing lead, and they let Houston score 15 unanswered points the rest of the game. What are you doing, Miami? Other than, I guess, just being careful and not letting guys get hurt or concussed. I'm not trying to make light of anything. Just don't don't get hurt again, Tua. That's all. I mean, you're praying to God that doesn't happen because I like Miami. That's another AFC team I would cheer for if they made it to the Super Bowl, as long as it wasn't against the Vikings. That'd be a tough matchup, I gotta think. And a lot of people do believe Vikings' chances of winning that game if Tua was healthy and playing well and everything. Watch out. That would have been a really tough game. Teddy Bridgewater just 
I, gosh, I'm a huge fan of his, but mm, ugh, he, he's done, isn't he? And it's sad to say. And gosh, again, how quickly it is, how quickly things change in the NFL for whatever reason, injuries or just whatever. Sometimes guys just aren't good. Defenses figure them out. That happened a lot in the past where this quarterback would kind of pop up out of nowhere and by the next year or two, it'd be like, who again? You know, that happened multiple times in the past. Guys like, what was it, Dave Brown? He was like a decent quarterback for like a year. Looked like, okay, he's popped up a little bit. By the next year, it was like, who? You know, he was completely nothing. NFL defenses figured him out and gobbled him up and engulfed him. There isn't a whole lot to say, really. Miami just kind of beat up on an awful team. Tyreek Hill, no peace sign today with a 85 yards on six catches, no touchdown. Jalen Waddell, also 85 yards on five catches, only 10, I mean, on 10 targets, though. So, again, not the prettiest game you ever saw. I think Miami played it a bit safe in the second half, and why the hell not? Uh, the Washington Commanders, they keep moving up. They keep winning games. They're 7-5. and 7-5. and five. That's how good the NFC East is. Washington Commanders have a winning record and are in last place. Tampa Bay Bucks have a losing record and are in first place. Wrap your head around that. Welcome to the NFL, huh? Welcome to the NFL. Weird things happen. 5-7 and seven Falcons, second place. Isn't that just crazy? That's kind of like my job. The, the people that don't do anything get rewarded, and the ones that uh, work their butts off get ignored. But I'll leave that alone. I shouldn't even say that. It's not just at my job. It's at every job. It's at every job. The people that don't do anything get everything, and the people that, uh, yeah, do all the work basically get ignored. Okay, some of them get credit, but certainly not everyone. Um, just ones that they're favorites. Uh, whatever. I'm babbling too much about personal stuff that you don't want to know. Um, Joey Sly missed an extra point. You Sly dog. Okay, sorry. Sorry. I don't even know why I'm talking like this. Again, and you'll notice again the show getting released on Sunday like normal. I did record the first segment right after, well, not right after the game, but on Thanksgiving night after I got home from uh, being at my parents most of the day there after uh, recording Brave the Wild in the morning. Because that's a tradition, doggone it. Only one sack, Montez Sweat of the Washington Commanders. But hey, they, they were a pain in the butt to deal with, weren't they? And they had a terrible record when the Vikings played them. Well, it was an improving record. They were getting close to 500 or something like that. Washington's tough. And you know what? They deserve to be in the playoffs more than Tampa does. Washington Commanders deserve to be in the playoffs more than Tampa. And, you know, it's nothing personal. It's business. Whoa. What was that? <laughs> Sean McVay accidentally got uh, had a little friendly fire there, huh? Kansas City and Los Angeles. I'm seeing that in the background. Kansas City winning easily. That's lame, but I don't know. The Rams stink this year, and they're not making the playoffs. Ah, uh, we're happy for you, Kansas City. I don't know. They win every freaking week. Uh, I, don't, I don't want them to win another Super Bowl. Just like Golden State winning the NBA Finals again last year. Oh, made me just want to vomit. Ugh. Arrogant piles of... Golden State's more, much more arrogant than the Chiefs. And I think the Chiefs are arrogant, but Warriors, holy crap. They, they're enough to make you want to vomit. Wow. Uh, <laughs> New Orleans Saints offense is enough to make you want to vomit, too. <laughs> That's funny. San Francisco. See, I'm seeing highlights in the background here. It's, this is before the Eagles and Packers game, unfortunately. Just needed to get going here. Oh, well, just figured get started. And, you know, it's kind of time. You know, got done with the lawn cleanup stuff. So, able to work outside, especially with no game. I don't have to worry about the Vikings game. It's already done. And the review is already done, too. So, it all worked out. 
Carolina, Denver, who cares, right? Ugh, garbage. Well, it, it's a rematch of the Super Bowl, though, hey? It's a rematch of the Super Bowl. Don't you forget that. You know, I mean, who's dissing on Cam Newton versus uh, 90-year-old Peyton Manning who could barely throw? You know what I mean? Just Denver's defense is so damn good, it didn't matter. And they won the Super Bowl and beat up on the Carolina team that was just a little bit overrated, just a little bit. A little bit overrated, but 15-1 was a nice record. Uh, Sam Darnett, anyway, actually had a decent game. He was efficient, and Russell Wilson, not really. Um, Sam Darnett, anyway, only passed, only attempted 19 passes, completed 11, quarterback rating of 103.8, and he did not turn the ball over, at least not in the air. Congratulations, Sam Darnold. Congratulations. Denver lost again. That's just funny. Sam Darnold had whatever cheaper price he's at compared to what Russell Wilson's getting paid to be 3-8 and eight and a quarterback rating of 73.8 versus Carolina. Ugh. Both running backs were pretty good, though, the main ones anyway. Latavius Murray, 7.1 yards on the ground. Of course, a 52-yard scamper will help that. Didn't get in the end zone, but Latavius Murray. Mm-mm. Like, like a, one of those ageless wonder type of guys. Congratulations. Yeah, I really appreciate what he can do out there. Sad he's on Denver. Wouldn't mind him here, but I suppose we have Madison. So, down to Foreman, 113 yards on the ground, 4.7. Car- uh, a carry, solid game for Carolina. And the Panthers get the job done. Good job. Two sacks for Brian Burns. It keeps getting better and better. Uh, no sacks for Denver on a defense that I thought was good sometimes. Carolina's 4-8. and eight. Eh. And then Denver's 3-8. and eight. Whatever, right? That's a crap bowl. Let's move forward to Jacksonville and Baltimore. A was this a rematch of something? I believe these teams. Yeah, yeah. This is a rematch of that famous. Uh, yeah, I know it's not, it's not even close. But I mean, I know the two teams aren't aren't anywhere near what they were at the time. Brian Billick, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, excuse me, two thousand Baltimore Ravens playing against a. That was Tennessee. Okay, I'm whatever. I'm nuts. That was Tennessee, a very good Titans team that was defending uh, AFC champs, and yeah, Brian Billick looked right at the crowd and said, "F you." basically, because they were probably talking at his back all day. And that was one of the late touchdowns in the game that put Baltimore in the Super Bowl later on. It was the winner of that game. He declared the winner of that game would go to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, and he was right, and they won. Anyhow, they beat the uh, hated New York Giants who cheated, damn it. But the Jacksonville Jaguars, did they cheat? I don't know, but they won 28-27. to Baltimore still in first place despite the loss. But now Cincinnati's breathing down their neck. Must be a tiebreaker in favor of Baltimore, and I wouldn't be surprised at that because Cincinnati was kind of lousy early in the season. Jacksonville was up six nothing, but then, or excuse me, Baltimore was up six nothing, but then Jacksonville kind of hung with them all day. Baltimore did take a nine point lead in the fourth quarter. No, not in the fourth quarter. It was the fourth quarter. Early, early in the fourth quarter, Jacksonville took a nine point lead, or Baltimore took a nine point lead, and Jacksonville just kept chipping away, chipping away. Baltimore had another seven point lead with two ten left, and Jacksonville pulls it off and completes a two point conversion with eighteen seconds left. They're like, you know what? We're not going to overtime against the, the, the Baltimore Ravens. We're going to win it. We're going to win it with a two point conversion, Mike Tice style. Trevor Lawrence to Martin Jones, or no, this was to Zay Jones. Uh, Martin Jones was the touchdown. Marvin Jones was the touchdown. And then Zay Jones was the two-point conversion. Nice. So Jones and Jones and Jones. There was the He was uh, Trevor Lawrence. You know what he was doing at the end of the game? He wasn't just keeping up with the Baltimore Ravens. You know what I'm going to say, don't you? He was keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. 
I had to. I'm sorry. He, he kept up with the Joneses. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, what's his name? Chris Berman had come up with something like that. He kept up with the Joneses. And then now the Arizona Cardinals host the Los Angeles Chargers. And guess who won? The Chargers. Okay. Yes, the Chargers did win by one point. And we'll keep moving. Sorry. I had to. I don't know. That sounds like something like I would do. 25-24, the L.A. Chargers beat the Arizona Diamondbacks. Might as well be the Arizona Diamondbacks. They've been lousy the last few years as well. They signed Madison Bumgarner about three years too late. God, that guy used to be so good with the Giants. Oh, Madison Bumgarner. Oh, man. The World Series hero. You remember that guy with the great, the greatest postseason ERA ever? And the next thing you know, it's, I don't know. It's, just like, it's like he didn't exist anymore. It's kind of sad. I really liked him. Justin Herbert, awesome game. Nice rebounding after a very, very disappointing loss last week. Oh, man, that one stung for the uh, San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers. Pardon me. Three touchdowns, no INTs. Took care of the ball fairly well. Attempted 47 passes, yet only wound up with 274 yards. Huh. Definitely definitely played more of a short yardage kind of game, that's for sure. James Conner, who? Well, 120 yards, good for him. Almost almost five yards a carry, but did lose the ball along the way. Kyler Murray did run one in. 56 yards total for him on the ground. DeAndre Hopkins, it's not been the prettiest thing ever. Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, 87 yards and a TD for him. But um, the chemistry and, I don't know, things just aren't working out there. There's some backbiting. That Arizona pass rush is pretty good. J.J. Watt with a sack. Zach Allen with a sack. Isaiah Simmons and Cameron Thomas. Definitely nice pass rush, but they end up not winning the game. The Chargers survive in in Zona 25-24. Congratulations, Chargers. Still kind of hanging around. Second place in that AFC West with a slightly winning record. Seattle Seahawks again. You let a bad team kind of hang around, and they beat you. It's Las Vegas, uh, just like Cleveland and Tampa, Las Vegas beat Seattle 40-34. What the heck? Back-to-back wins for an awful Las Vegas team. Derek Carr had two turnovers in the game. Geno Smith, wonderful numbers, but just wasn't enough. An interception in the game certainly didn't help. Josh Jacobs was pretty much unstoppable. Can I say it again? Tacmobo football. 33 rushes, 7 yards a carry. He did have an 86-yard scamper and a couple touchdowns, 229. So again, another kind of guy if you had him on your fantasy team this week. I think he won. I mean, that's about as good as it gets. And he is one of those main kind of guys. You know, if you're playing fantasy football, Josh Jacobs would be probably your number one on uh, whatever team he's on. He's probably at number one. Devontae Adams, who you think is a number one, but he, he has some good moments. Josh Jacobs also had 74 yards in the air. So, my God, over 300 all-purpose yards for Josh Jacobs. I mean, what more is there to say? That deserves eh, some serious applause. Amir Abdullah, kick returning for the... Las Vegas Raiders, cool, not bad. Almost 25 yards of carry, not bad, not bad at all. Vegas Raiders, though, up, uh, upsetting the Seattle Seahawks in their house in impressive fashion. Josh Jacobs, yeah, yeah, he took off for 86 yards. That obviously got his numbers higher at the end, but it is what it is. Um, Josh Jacobs, 86-yard run to pay dirt to lead the Raiders to victory. Derek Carr did have a touchdown pass to Foster Moreau. Moreau, not Morneau, like Justin Morneau, but Moreau <laughs> for five yards to tie the game up. Um, and then, of course, uh, the Seahawks could not get the job done against the Raiders' defense, despite it was a very high-scoring game for both clubs. 
obviously if I went to OT. Um, 40 to 34, entertaining and nice. Uh, the Super Bowl that never happened, the Super Bowl that everybody wanted about four or five years ago, Kansas City versus the Los Angeles Rams. Everybody wanted that Sean McVay uh, offense and all those wonderful players. Well, you thought they were wonderful. I don't know if I did. <laughs> They're 3-8 and eight now. Jeez. Kansas City 9-2. and two. Uh, Go away. Hate hate it. Hate it. Hate it. I wish they were both 3-8. and eight. Wouldn't that be awesome? I'm sorry. I think I would I would love it. Like, yeah, yeah. I know. It's bad for football. Oh, Joey, you can't think like that. Uh, what do you want? What do you want? Football to go out of business because Kansas City sucks this year? Wow. Why, why would you want that? I, I don't know. I just don't want them to win. Sorry. I don't want the Rams to win either. I just don't. Sorry. <laughs> they got their Super Bowl. Now go away. You know, kind of like the Atlanta Bra- uh, Braves uh, back in 95. They got their World Series. Now go away. I don't want to see you anymore. Go, 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 go. You know, you got your championship. Go. Damn it. Um, but, well, maybe they'll be back. Damn it. Um, 26 to 10, yes. And you got to see Travis Kelsey with his big old smile. Woo, hoo, hoo. I'm so happy for him. Oh, I'm so happy for Travis Kelsey. He's the greatest ever. 57 yards. He got his touchdown. And Patrick Mahomes did not have the greatest game of his life. He did have an INT. Doesn't matter, though, because Kansas City was playing a team that's kind of, like, probably just about on vacation now. Three and eight on the year. And they're not going to, they're not, yeah, they're they're toast. Obviously, the uh, Los Angeles Rams are toast. They got their Super Bowl again. Now go away. That's it. Finally, the finally the Rams, as the Los Angeles Rams, won a championship. Now they can go away. Go, 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 go. Just like the LA Dodgers got a twenty, got their World Series in 2020. Now go away. I don't want to ever see that again. Go, go, go. You got to see their first World Series since 88. That's great. Now go. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I don't want to see LA win anything, and I don't want to see the Chiefs win anything. Sorry. I don't want to see the Saints win anything either, but uh, that's another story. <laughs> or the Packers, I know. Of course not. Ooh, well, I do want the Packers to win tonight, though. Da 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 da. Go, Pack, go. Yes. Yes, go, Pack, go. You're hearing the host of Pearl Mafia say, go, Pack, go. Because they're playing the Eagles. If, if you're a Minnesota Viking fan and you're talking about, oh, well, well, I want the Packers to lose. I want to make everything, everything certain the Packers are, are done. Dude, they're done. They're done, okay? They're done. I want the Eagles to lose. The Eagles, uh, who beat you in the NFC title game not too long ago and basically crapped all over you the whole time? What fan base did everything in their power to basically make you feel like garbage? And, you know, F the Eagles. <laughs> go, Pack, Go. <laughs> if Green Bay was the team with a with a nine and one record, of course they'd be cheering for the Eagles in that situation. Yeah, but they're not. They're not nine and one. They're nine. You know, they're 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 not. You you want you want the Eagles to lose tonight. Every single one of them is picking the Eagles to win. Tony, yeah. Well, yeah. This is on silent. Yeah, nobody's gonna pick the Packers. Yeah, Tony just picked them, and yeah, that's it. It's a sweep. It is what's. Eight broadcasters all picked the Eagles. Yay. Well, I'm not too surprised. And the Chiefs won comfortably. I don't know. It is what it is. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, Pacheco, another touchdown. Seems like every week he's getting in the end zone. Same with Travis Kelsey. He must have like 11 touchdowns already. Well, I mean, he's a hell of a player. I respect him. Blah, blah, blah. Just not a big fan. That's all. Not a big fan. I, I Nah. Nah. That's Okay. Um, San Francisco, San Francisco versus the Nolan Saints, first place in the NFC West. You knew it was going to happen sooner or later. 
A lot of people do believe the San Francisco 49ers are a massive threat to win the NFC this year. And let me tell you, if it's Eagles versus San Francisco in the NFC title game, I'm going red all the way in that one. All the way. <laughs> I go red on other things too, but I'm going red on San Francisco. No doubt about that one. Um, 13 to nothing victory. Nice. Impressive defense, obviously. A team that's got good defense, good running game. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is getting the job done again. It's just, it, they keep trying to get rid of him, and then they're like, no, no, no. Come back, Jimmy. Please come home, Jimmy. We still need you, buddy. We, we love you. Okay, you suck. Go away. No, no, but Jimmy, Jimmy, come on. Come on. Come back, Jimmy. Please, Jimmy. We're sorry. We didn't mean it. Oh, man. You got us to the Super Yeah, but then you played like crap at the end. Get, get out of here. No, no, Jimmy. Please come back. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. That's pretty much how it's been, though. Ayuk, 65 yards in the air. <laughs> sorry, I can't help myself. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, only two rushes, so that's kind of scary. But Debo Samuel, three catches. Mm. Yep, it is what it is. It's interesting. Very much so. Will Lutz missed the only field goal he attempted. And, um, yeah, Saints got absolutely shut out. So we'll see what happens. i got to think Allen's safe, though. They're not... <laughs> He's okay. I have nothing against him. Sean Payton was a lot more irritating than Allen. Uh, is it Dennis Allen? I, I'm, I have nothing against the guy. I mean, it's good for him. Blah, blah, blah. Um, again, I already talked about Detroit on in the first segment because that was on Thursday. Uh, so that's part of the NFC North thing. Green Bay is playing Philly about to. We'll probably see that flashing on the screen in the third segment as it's about to start. But uh, now I'm going to babble on and on. Oh, Pittsburgh and Indianapolis. Ugh. Monday Night Football. Who cares, right? Probably the Colts will win that one, I think. Because, because boy, Frank Reich had to get him out of there. He had to go. Because that, that uh, yeah, I know. Let's just move on. Matt Ryan's playing now. Something something not so good happened there, you can tell. Um, well, next week's opponent and and the Chicago Bears. New York Jets versus the Bits. New York Jets have a really, 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 really nice defense. And he used to be the um, the coach, of course, used to be the 49ers defensive coordinator. And their defense is still good, which is nice. There's Carrie Underwood again. Ugh, God. God. <laughs> she looks good, but I don't like her music. I don't like anybody's music. Anyhow, 31-10. to 10, The Jets uh, actually showing some offense. Last week, they got completely shut out by the uh, New England Patriots. And... Um, the quarterback acted like he just like, okay, leave me alone, you know. Yeah, I'm not going to apologize to anybody, you know. And then, But he was in a bad mood. He wasn't feeling good. He said he was sick to his stomach or something. I guess that was his excuse. Trevor Simeon, former backup for Kirk Cousins years ago for the Bears with a touchdown. Woo-hoo! That'd be the first Viking backup quarterback to throw a touchdown in like 50 years. Not really. That would be Case Keenum, I guess. Interception also by Trevor Simeon, and they looked awfully mediocre despite having Chase Claypool on their sideline. Um, Jets, Mike White, Mike White. Not Joe Flacco, Mike White, with 315 yards and three touchdowns. Almost a perfect quarterback rating. Mike White? Okay, Wilson, not Zach Wilson, because he was awful last week and was benched. Awful, and very unapologetic for the awful performance against the Patriots defense that uh, gave up a lot more points against Minnesota than they did against the Jets last week. In fact, uh, anything is more than zero. Uh, Garrett Wilson with 95 yards in the air and two touchdowns for the Jets. Elijah Moore, 65 yards on just two catches with a, with a TD along the way. 
Donovan Knight with 69 yards on the ground. Ty Johnson also a touchdown. Good for him. Entertaining game for the uh, the Jets anyway and Jets fan base. Again, a very stingy and dangerous defense that the Vikings are going to have to put up with coming up going forward. It's going to be uh, very interesting to see how things go. They're in third place in their division because the AFC East is kind of dangerous. You got the Dolphins, you got the Buffalo Bills. So, obviously, it's not going to be easy. <laughs> it's not going to be easy. It doesn't matter. It's not going to be easy at all. Um, oh, where's the Jets? Here, here we go. Jets and Vikings history. History is definitely on the Jets' side. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Thank you, the Football Database. Thank you, Football Database, for always providing this history as I go to this every single week. The history, well, the New York Jets, historically, and this is with the Vikings winning the last two. That's right. With the Vikings winning the last two. <laughs> Eight and three. Wrap your head around that. If that's not an urban legend, I don't know what is. That's insane. Before that, the most recent Vikings victory, before... So in 2014, when the Vikings beat the Jets 30-24 to in OT, I can't imagine that being a very good Jets team. I'm kind of curious. I'm going to look that up real quick. But, um, yeah, Gerald Hodges. Okay, yeah, yep. Gerald Hodges had a pick six in the game. Former Viking player. I put the Vikings up 7 nothing. Nick Folt was the Nick Folk before he went to the Patriots, huh? Was the Jets kicker. They made all their points on kicks, apparently, in that game. That's insane. No, Percy Harvin from Geno Smith. Percy Harvin was on the Jets, and he scored a touchdown, so there was that one. Geno Smith. Yep, in his early days of the Jets. Yep, interesting stuff. And then Jarius Wright, 87-yard yep, eighty-seven yard play. Teddy Bridgewater, Jarius Wright escaping. Yeah, made the catch like about 40 or so yards down the field and then scampered the rest of the way. That was awesome. Teddy Bridgewater leading the Vikings to a victory on that day. But other than that, uh, Nick Folk made five field goals in the game. Five. That's impressive. Geno Smith again had that pick six early on. Bridgewater had an INT also, but definitely outplayed Geno Smith with 309 yards, two touchdowns. Cool. Cool Matt Asiata because we didn't have a running back that year. Cause Adrian was, uh, you know, suspended the whole season basically, two games in. Vikings jumped up to two and uh, six and seven, and the Jets were two and eleven. Yeah, so it was an awful, awful Jets team. Geno Smith just wasn't up to playing in the NFL at the time. But again, as I now digress, December the seventh. So this is going to be about, yeah, it's going to be about what eight years to the day, pretty much. The next game with the Vikings, oh, almost, almost eight years. It's going to be slightly less. Um, the Vikings' first win versus the Jets. Yeah, since 1975, that's what it was. The only other, yeah, the Vikings beat the Jets in 1975, October the 12th, 29-21. to 21. A very good Vikings team beat a Jets team that, I don't know, probably wasn't real good. The first time the two teams played was 1970 on November 29th, about, yeah, about 52 years to the day, just about here. 20-10, to 20-10, to 10, the Jets won. And then the Jets beat the Vikings seven games in a row, in 79, when I was three months old at the time, 14-7, to over a mediocre Vikes team in 79. Um, Jets absolutely obliterate the Vikings in 82, 42-14, yikes. In 94, gosh, 12-year gap between the, between the last time. The Jets beat the Vikings 31-21. Then three years later, the Jets beat the Vikings. Yeah, this is when the Vikings were falling off the face of the earth. I remember cursing my head off in that game. 
I think this is the one where I called the Vikings GD idiots. I was flipping out, cursing my head off, if I remember right. I was so angry. Yeah, that's what it was. So we were down by eight. We were down by eight. The Vikings um, scored the touchdown. Brad Johnson to uh, Andrew Glover, right? And then we hand, and see, the running game wasn't working all day. The Jets' defense was stymieing Robert Smith the whole game, right? So we elect to uh, to run. Where, like, received, things were working. Brad Johnson was leading the Vikings' comeback. We were down 23-7 to in that game. Um, and then Brad Johnson was, was pretty sharp in that fourth quarter. You get the eight, uh, you get the eight points, Jake Reed for Brad Johnson, and then Johnson ran it in. So I guess the run ran, worked there, but that's because it's the quarterback. He's a threat to pass, of course. And then we hand up to Robert Smith with defenders basically on him the second the ball got into Robert Smith's hand, and I screamed out, you GD idiots, right as my mom walked in the room. Because this is 97. I was, what, uh, senior in high school? Yeah, I was a senior in high school at the time. Because this is, what, October 2017, uh, 2017, my ass. 97. I'm not that young. I'm a lot older than that. <laughs> and my mom uh, went off on me angrily because, yeah, she doesn't want to hear me cursing like that. And, yeah, we end up losing. I was freaking pissed. That was a really good Jets team, actually. Both teams were 8-4 and four at the end of that game. Vikings would have been ahead a little bit. Could have been 9-3. and three. But that was the beginning of the major collapse, where the Vikings started to fall off the face of the earth that year, around that time. Um, so I definitely, that definitely triggered a memory. 0-2, terrible Vikings team. Jets won comfortably 20-7. 6 mediocre Vikings team, and that got worse as the season progressed. 26-13. The team was already like, team was already kind of like, what the heck did we hire here? You know, when it came to Childress. But I don't know. With a good quarterback, it worked. Awful 2010 Vikings team losing to the Jets. That's as things were dropping off the face of the earth, 29 to 20. And then of course the Bridgewater play, and then that very 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 cold day. Um, it was in October, but there were snow flurries floating around that whole day. Vikings win easily. And Sam Darnold was terrible. A comfortable win for the 2018 Vikings as we were already fairly disappointing, but a 4-2-1 record. Um, it was the very first, I believe, yes, it was the very first win ever, ever uh, on the road versus the New York Jets. The Vikings had gotten beaten by the Jets every single time we played um, the New York Jets on the road. Every single time the Jets beat us. They were undefeated. Of course, again, we hardly ever played each other. <laughs> you know, when you consider 52 years and we've only played 11 times, that's crazy. Um, 2010, I remember it was raining like hell and it was just awful, an awful game. Uh, Favre and Percy Harvin, was uh, that that thing was working, but the Moss and Favre thing just wasn't. Ended up being a horrible disappointment. And I don't know, it's not because Moss and Favre didn't get along, but because just that team wasn't good and Favre wasn't good. Um, and it was just a nasty day. So, just further reminders of activities that Favre was apparently guilty of while he was in while he was on that team for a year in uh, 2008 so <laughs> yep icky memories but um, Vikings actually have a two game win streak in this series which is really crazy I want to believe the Vikings can win this game at home it's not going to be an easy game it's not at all uh, the Jets put a pretty good pounding on the Chicago Bears today 
who's going to be the quarterback? I mean, I don't think they're going to want Zach Wilson. And if it's not, I guess this guy named White. Who again? I mean, it's somebody. White, yeah. Three touchdown passes. Is he the next Steve Walsh? Mike White. You ever heard of Mike White? I sure haven't. Uh, fifth round pick in 2018 by the Dallas Cowboys. He's played in, well, leading into this game. I guess he's played four games. Th- uh, he played four games in 2021 with, with the Jets. Five touchdowns and eight interceptions. I can't imagine he's going to have as good a game um, next week as he did this week. I can't imagine. Um, I always, th- I mean, the Chicago Bears are kind of like what, what they are. They're rebuilding and all that stuff. And it's going to be a little while, but eventually they're going to be dangerous. And, of course, you didn't have uh, Justin Fields out there either for the Bears. or Yeah, the Bears. That is who they were playing against. Um, Mike White, though, so far in his career, again, only four games. Drafted in 2018 in the fifth round by the Cowboys. Never played a snap for them. And just four games last year. And here he is playing for the Jets. Last year was the Jets, and this year were the Jets. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> his touchdowns and interceptions are now even, and his yardage is like what? Like how many yards did he throw? Over three, he threw over three hundred today, didn't he? He had nine fifty-three in those four games combined. Um, yeah, three fifteen. Jeez, jeez, like thirty-three percent higher in one day. Mm, in one game versus like you know four games. So impressive, I suppose. Nice day for him. I don't expect the same next week. I think the Vikings should be able to take care of business. And I don't think they're really excited about Zach Wilson right now. He's looking like yet another blue chip bust. Um, I thought he was going to be better than Sam Darnold. I don't know. But uh, I remember that day, Sam Darnold, last time these two clubs played. And it was the very first Viking win on the road versus the Jets ever. Uh, Sam Darnold was a mess. Interceptions and such. And the Vikings kind of got back over 500 or moved further over 500 to 4-2-1 in a frustrating season. But we felt slightly encouraged at the time playing against a pretty awful Jets team, and it was a very, very cold day with flurries floating around in uh, late October. It was interesting. Interesting stuff. Vikings should be able to win this game, I think. I think so. I'd like to believe the Vikings can beat the Jets. This is a home game. Obviously, you know, I think the Vikings going into New York would be really tough, but this team finds a way to win these close games. Um, <laughs> that's the thing. If it's a close game, the Vikings win the Super Bowl. And, if you know, and the ones we lose, it looks like are nasty blowouts. Like the Eagles and like the Cowboys. And hopefully, if it's, a, you know, if, we, if it's the Chiefs, hopefully it's a close game and the Vikings squeak it out and are world champions. Or it's a nasty blowout and we're all depressed and it's the same old depressing story. It'll be Oakland Raiders versus Vikings all over again in uh, 76. It's our fourth Super Bowl loss at the time. I... <laughs> Could happen if the Vikings get to the Super Bowl. Could be a depressing loss, and I'm praying to God that won't happen. Um, I'm not convinced the Vikings can get past this Eagles team or the 49ers. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe we can. Maybe we can. Uh, Packers and Philly has started, and I'm not surprised. It's already, you know, the, the time already. So it is what it is. Um, I, uh, uh, in good faith, I think the Vikings absolutely can beat this team. I think it's going to be very close. It's going to be very tight. It's going to be fairly, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think this, I think the Vikings can beat this defense. Vikings offense is, is uh, up there, up to par. I can't imagine this giant, this Jets offense being this prolific in the game. I, I just can't. I think Mike White's going to have interceptions. I think he's going to be mediocre. 
Uh, a guy like Patrick Peterson, Cam Bynum, somebody like that's going to get some turnovers. He'll get sacked a few times and all that cute stuff. But I think the Vikings win in a media in a medium kind of scoring game, like 24 to 21, something close like that. 24-21, Minnesota wins the game. Again, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to have a dominant day. I, I don't. Uh, if you look just at today's numbers, David Montgomery did run for five and a half yards a carry. So, and Delvin Cook has generally been playing super well lately, um, considering, you know, he looked kind of like a step slow, just like Derrick Henry. But um, the, for, like the fir- for like the first several games of the year, Cook then suddenly had been hitting stride and looking better. Wouldn't be surprised if Cook is a big part of the Vikings' win offensively. I say that almost every week lately, but I wouldn't be surprised. Obviously, Justin Jefferson is what he is. He's a threat to go, you know, to make some big plays. There will be a big player, too, to Justin Jefferson. That'll, that'll be a big part of the difference. The Vikings do end up winning the game by 3-24-21. Again, I think the Vikings turn over Mike White. I mean, I don't. I just don't see this happening. I think it's one really nice game by Mike White. You know, golden opportunity for him to do something here. But I don't know. And if he does, he does. And whatever. That sucks. Uh, is he the next Steve Walsh? No, this isn't a playoff game. So, no. Uh, he's from Plantation, Florida. Plantation. Interesting name for a city. Very interesting name for a city. Plantation. Okay. Anyhow, um, Vikings again. 24-21 victory over the New York Jets in a back-and-forth kind of game. And I do think the Vikings force a turnover or two on Mike White. With that, we'll take a quick break, and we're going to f- open things up, hearing from somebody out of somebody out of New Zealand. That's right, Tanae Brown. Welcome back to the show with a with a call in. Love it. How's it going, Joey? I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I hope the rest of the Purple Mafias had a good Thanksgiving, too. Um, Interesting game. Just, I don't know what the defense was doing through the first three quarters, and special teams as well. Um, The offense, Kirk Cousins probably had one of his best games, even though he had a shaky start. The offense really kept them in it, and then, you know, put the nail in the coffin at the end. The defense came to life in the fourth quarter. Just seemed like they were lost, seemed like there was holes everywhere. Coming into the week, I was, I don't know, I just thought that the Patriots would run the ball all the time on us, because it seemed like Dallas could have could have just run the ball all day, but that game's a bit of an outlier, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't think that Mac Jones was going to come in and just pick us apart for three quarters, and then the defense really stuck it to him in the fourth. I think they only had I think all up they had 70 yards in the fourth quarter, but they got 50 of them on just one play. So, you know, you, you got one lapse in there. But then apart from that, the defense was all over them. Uh, I just don't understand how we get, we have such high highs and low lows with that defense. But if they're coming up clutch, I guess you can't complain too much. Um, putting up those points against that, that amount of points against the Patriots as well is like, 
you got to be pretty impressive how the offense played today, I think. Uh, Kine and Wanu had that massive uh, return. That, that was probably a momentum shifter for us. It seemed like the Pats had it all going for them, and then that just sort of crushed their spirit. Uh, their special teams, I think both teams' special teams actually were pretty bad. I think it's about time we get rid of Greg Joseph. I'm pretty sure we should have gotten rid of him at the start of the season. Just sick of extra points being coin flips, really. Uh, but I don't know. I don't really know who's out on the market uh, as a kicker. Maybe that Blankenship, I think he might be, but I don't, yeah. It's just a bit frustrating that you can't rely on your kicker like whatsoever. Uh, Kirk Cousins. He had probably one of his best games, even though he had a shaky start. Um, I think that was easily his best game he's played all season. Uh, yeah, he just just the faith he has in Jefferson, like deservedly so. Jefferson just makes plays nonstop. You, you throw the ball in his vicinity, and it seems like he's just going to come up with it. Uh, I know at the start of the season he had a couple drops, which I was concerned about I thought he might have been in for like a big regression this season well not a big regression but like some sort of regression but he's just been awesome uh anything that gets thrown to him it just seems like he ends up with he just makes plays he'll catch it he'll he'll take big hits and he'll still have the ball he'll be he'll rip the ball out of someone else's hands like he did last uh against the Bills but yeah having Jefferson and having Kirk not being scared to throw picks when he's just Gonna make, uh, gonna make a throw to him and just give him a chance to make a play. Just seems like those 50-50 plays to Jefferson are always like 80-20 instead of 50-50, you know. Uh, but yeah, that's all I've really got to say about the game. Um, yeah, once again, happy Thanksgiving, and I'll talk to you later. Cheers. And I thank you for that call in today out of New Zealand. Thank you very, very, very much. Great to hear from you. And nice thoughts on the game. Again, yeah, surprising how Mac Jones carved us up a bit for a while there. It's like it led me to believe he maybe he's a better better quarterback than the credit he gets, but other games he doesn't look so hot. Luckily, the Vikings defense did come through, as you said, and really love what Kanegawangu did. And Vikings' chances now look uh, better and better. With that nine and two record, uh, wonderful, wonderful call. And again, I don't want to, I don't want to clump all over what you said and just repeat it and all that stuff. So, again, hope everybody enjoyed what uh, Tanae had to say. It was really nice. I loved it, and uh, hope to hear from you more and more often on this show and on Timberwolves Explosion, of course, as well. That's the other show I do, which is on the Basketball Podcast Network now, TBPN. <laughs> but of course, it's all in the same place on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all those other, you know, Spotify and such. And, uh, yeah, there were some weird kerfuffles this past week that I uh, had to clean up a bit. You probably, some of you probably noticed, those of you that use Apple Podcasts, it only affects Apple Podcasts people, what I did this past week. And, well, the kerfuffles that I created that started up maybe a couple weeks earlier, I didn't realize there were two feeds, two um, because I got creative thinking, oh, oh I gotta, I gotta get these, I gotta make sure these Apple podcasts have the right uh, um, RSS feed instead of uh, Hipcast. It's got to be Megaphone now. But what I was doing, I didn't realize. Like, duh, of course the old ones are still there. I created new ones, not you know, not thinking like, okay, the old ones are still there. I thought I was just uh, 
I thought I was just, you know, like adding the uh, RSS feed to the old ones. That's what I thought I was doing. But what I did was create duplicates that had the new RSS feed. Instead, what I needed to do is, oh, geez. Well, now the Eagles are about to go up 14 nothing away. This is going. Follow the bouncing ball. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Yep. Yuck. That was a bouncing interception and such in favor of the Eagles. Yuck. Now, yeah, it looks like they're going to win comfortably which I'm not happy about. Go Pack Go, and they're not going anywhere now. That was not good. Um, back to the kerfuffles about Apple Podcasts. Um, I created duplicates when I didn't need to. What I needed to do was get in touch with Dylan and how to access the original Apple Podcasts uh, links and feeds and such, and then add the correct R- the, the new RSS feed, update it to Megaphone instead of HipCast. Hopefully get more and more accurate uh, number captures, download captures, and all that. So finally was able to do that, and then I eliminated the duplicates for Provo Mafia, Brave the Wild, and Timberwolves Explosion. And I even created the same issue with uh, Freedom of Thought, but that one was repaired about a week earlier. And then I was like, wait a minute, I didn't notice there's two Timberwolves and all them. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> so got all that fixed up. Timberwolves Explosion, though, I created a massive kerfuffle there where I archived the original feed and left out the other one left the other one up there um which was a huge mistake because everybody was still attached to the original feed and nobody was attached to the new one so like nothing was being downloaded on apple Podcasts, nothing and it's like holy crap Timberwolves explosion is going to die <laughs> even though i know there's other and again thank you so much spotify google Podcasts, other you know apps out there that uh, can bring you the show, and it sounds the same, and it's all the same thing. But a lot of people use Apple Podcasts, so it's like you got to get that going. That's like that's like closing a uh, major artery. You know, if you're talking about podcasting, you got to get that artery, you got to get that blood flow going again, or should I say RSS flow, and um, that helped. So thankfully, and then we eliminate the confusion of which one do I subscribe to? The only one that's there. <laughs> Thank God we can leave it at that, and. Uh, not lose all the wonderful reviews people took the time to write and uh, simply just, or just simply put five stars. It means a lot. So thank you for that. Sorry for babbling so much there about that. Um, But I wanted to make sure I got that information out there in case some of you are wondering, why were there two Purple Mafia feeds? Jeez, what a nasty game. This is just like Vikings and Eagles. It's not going in the right direction at all. Anyhow, awesome call in by today. Obviously star candidate right out of the gate with that type of deal. At Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show, and now I'm getting a white screen of nothing. Don't you just love when that happens? It's wonderful. Okay. Where's the retweet from the previous episode? There it is. I was saying afraid of the pinstripes, which it sure felt like. Thank you, uh, TPPN, at the Pigskin Podcast, or excuse me, Pigskin Podnet is the Twitter account. Um, Vince Germano, Lakers, Pies, Browns, yep. At Vinrock44, and that's Vince Germano out of Melbourne, Australia. Malcolm McSween out of the southern part of California, but not Los Angeles. At Malcolm McSween, or at McSween10. And Tanae Brown out of New Zealand, the guy you just heard. At Tanae Bro. Gotta love Tanae Wilson Brown. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand. Great, great guy. Uh, Vince Germano, all of you. Malcolm, great guy. Oh, man, I love you guys so much. And uh, TPPN, I think that's Dylan, the new Dylan. There's Dylan Richardson who helped me uh, get access to those accounts. And then I did the, you know, 
and then I was able to do my work, you know, get all that stuff attached and everything and feel better, you know, and now everything's going to the right place. So I had to mention that update. I know some of you might be thinking, why is he babbling on about that? Well, it might be good to know. Ned Martin was saying, come on up on 1.30 a.m. here. They better turn up tonight. And that was against, the again, the Patriots, and thank God they did. Ned Martin was saying, me about six hours ago was laughing. <laughs> Interesting. Um, what were we talking about? Let's go back to that. What the hell? Let's see what's going on here. He's laughing with someone named John. It's interesting. Uh, he said, I've been awake for 18 hours, 10 minutes till kickoff. Jeez, yep, John said that. Man Martin says, was up at 3.50 a.m. Who needs sleep? And then John says, me, about six hours ago. Ouch, yep, that's what they're laughing about. And then Man Martin says, five hours sleep is great night for me. They better win. Yeah, I don't like to sleep too much either. And my wife's never going to understand that she hates me for that. But uh, I don't like to sleep very much. I, I don't. I don't. At at night, anyway. No, I, I don't like to sleep much. I don't. I like to go to bed late and not get up too late either. Um, get up a little earlier. Uh, he said, Patriots needed just five plays to travel 75 yards. Yeah, that was scary. He was saying it was impressive. Yeah, they look pretty good. Uh, Mad Martin continued. This is on Thanksgiving Day. And yes, and thank you so much for the Thanksgiving uh, wishes Tanae Brown, really, really appreciate that again, because, uh, yep, I mean, being from New Zealand, you know, they don't, you know, it's a, it would be like a different kind of a Thanksgiving or like holidays like that there, so um, thank you for uh, thinking about us, really appreciate that, and it was a wonderful, you know, it was a wonderful day, and the Vikings got the win, um, yep, great opening drive, and then primetime Kirk, yep, that was the interception, that's, yep, the primetime Kirk was not thought of very highly, generally speaking. Tanae says, definitely mixed feelings. Oh, no, that's me. Definitely mixed feelings, but at least they're ahead. Of course, Greg Joseph misses another extra point. Yeah, that's when things got a little better. Mad Martin says, it's a time to replace him. Better, playing better than I expected. The Vikings, anyway. And yeah, Tanae was also, I like, thinking he wants to get rid of uh, Greg Joseph as well. I don't blame you guys for thinking that. It could end up coming to that. I'm paranoid, but I mean, last time we did get rid of uh, Blair Walsh, that was a good move. Well, not last time, but yeah, like a current kicker that had been here a little while. Yep, getting rid of Blair Walsh was a good move because Kai Forbath was wonderful. Um, Greg Joseph is not a draft pick. Where Daniel Carlson was, and I wish the Vikings gave him a little more time because we would not talk about replacing Dan Carlson, I'm pretty sure. So, it's too bad. Um, Greg Joseph is not a prospect of any kind. He's in the like, upper 20s already. Um, mid to upper 20s, I think. Mad Martin says, great bounce, back, great bounce back from Sunday. Yeah, it really was. I was saying that it really was. That was a well-played football game for the most part. Both teams showed up to play, and they did, which made things pretty entertaining. Definitely not a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination, but fun. Definitely a fun game, and uh, yep. I'm guessing Mad Martin went to sleep after that one because, you know, really early and all that over there at the time. Or really late, right, really late, yeah. The other kind of thing, really early in the morning, but really late as things go there. So that's the end of the Twitter. Let's uh, try to get to Facebook if humanly possible. As I uh, didn't have that up right away, I do now. Facebook.com forward slash Pearl Mafia Show. So again, thank you for liking that. And that's been growing a bit. What are we at, 1,100? It took forever to get to 1,000, now we're at 1,100. So cool. And it does help when you have <laughs> Kevin O'Connell and Justin Jefferson rather than Mike Zimmer and whatever. Mike Zimmer and uh, Clint Kubiak with Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, but uh, underutilizing their talents. 
That's for darn sure. Um, I never clicked like on that. Shame on me. I bet Mark's like, really, Joey? You're ignoring me. Oh, I think I might have liked some of these. No, I didn't. What the heck? So we're trying. We're picking up from where we left off from the last episode. I didn't like on any of this stuff. I'm sorry, guys. It was a busy week last week, though, as it usually is. It's always work and crap. I don't know. I think we all love work, don't we? And I wasn't feeling good either. I'm getting a little better now. Uh, continuing off of the Afraid of the Pinstripes post is uh, both Mark and Gerald uh, loving up the show. Thank you guys so much. Gerald out of Nebraska says, Well, you can never get too high or too low being a fan of this team. Guessing we're not as horrible as 40-3 and three butt whooping, but probably not as good as 8-1 and one coming into this game. Coaching staff still has a little ways to go yet. I'm not... I'm not a Cousins lover or hater, but thinking that little magic money tree probably coming to an end next year or uh, coming to an end this year or next, probably going to, to need to draft a quarterback to get to the next level. And I think so, too. Obviously, Kirk, uh, you know, Kirk is having a wonderful season in terms of being clutch. He's been very clutch, generally speaking, but is he the quarterback that will lead you to a Super Bowl title? I don't know. And even if he is, I mean, he's not getting any younger. What is he, 34, turning, going on 35 years? So, clock's ticking. The clock is ticking, bottom line. I mean, you want to have somebody up to speed in the next couple of years. You know, obviously draft a guy, let him get kind of used to things rather than forcing him out to the wolves right out right away unless he's like a super blue-chip talent. But even those tend to fail all the time these days. Mark Carlson responded, Mark out of Iowa, of course, which is the king of Purple Mafia when it comes to states and regions, Iowa rules Purple Mafia. Isn't that cool? Mark Carlson says, most definitely, Cousins is good, but the team has to be thinking long-term all the time. Yep. Yep. Mark continues, says, Joey, Apple Podcast has your show. Yep. So that's the truth. Yep. Uh, he must have been on the original feed, which is totally fine, which is good. Joey, Apple Podcast has your show. No download issues. Thank you for the show. It's a great comfort to listen to as I'm traveling far from home. And yep, and yep, he often does that. Um, oh, man, why am I forgetting the name of the page? Where it's like now, like all these uh, current, pay yeah, like something that's going on now. Like you could be driving by a farm. You could be showing a beautiful sunset, a beautiful sunrise. I just love the pictures Mark posts. Um, it's awesome. And yes, I'm really glad there's been no download issues with Apple. I think I was freaking out about Timberwolves' explosion, and that was the one that really had the true kerfuffle. And what I didn't realize was, again, that there were duplicates. And then the one thing is, it was still at, uh, the old one who was still attached to the old RSS feed, which was still working and connected, but Hipcast is going away. They're ceasing operations. So when it disappears, I wanted to make sure everything is tied correctly to Megaphone, which everything is now. And I uh, got rid of the duplicates, so very happy. And I'm really sorry I didn't respond and notice that earlier, Mark. I, I feel bad about that. Um, always a very nice, understanding guy. But still, I mean, even though, even though I just I feel so bad. Uh, Mark says, uh, looking forward to the podcast and especially to the comment segment. How on earth did the Vikings only score three points and why did the Vikings allow 40 points? I didn't get to watch the game. Yep, so that's a relief. So I have no valuable input, and it's been a long time since I recall a game with such a score. Is Ponder back? Yeah, it felt like it. I remember Ponder going into Green Bay, one of those games. I think that was in 2014. It was really bad like that. It was awful. The Packers were, like, winning the division, and Ponder was terrible and all that. He was still here that one last year. 
because um, I know Cat, both Castle and Bridgewater were hurt. It was awful. Uh, Ponder was the third stringer, and we got obliterated. I remember Ponder going into Green Bay in 20... Uh, was it 2011 or 2012? I can't remember what year it was. It was like 42-7 to 7 or something disgusting. It was so bad. Oh, it was bad. Um, so now let's get to the in-game threads. This is the Facebook page, of course. Uh, should I look at the demographics again, too, just for fun? I think I will real quick. I, no, I'm going to go to that at the end if I remember. I probably will remember because I enjoy doing that kind of stuff. I was saying, certainly not a bad game like last week, but kind of so-so, not sure what to think yet. <laughs> Mike Dale, out of the state of New York, was saying, we are so porous on defense, we can't stop the run, and our defensive blacks look completely clueless in pass coverage. This isn't serviceable until Danzler comes back when we're not in the Donna shell we get torched on deep fly patterns. Yeah, it's really frustrating. And my uh, Dave Hickey was saying exactly. Mike Dale says another missed extra point. It's now every week. When is it enough? I mean, when is enough enough? Yeah, I mean, um, Dave Hickey was saying agreed. I don't know what's out there, but they need some competition immediately. It is pretty weird. Dave Hickey was saying happy Thanksgiving. Hoping a Vikings victory later. Yep, and thankfully it was. Thank God, Dave Hickey says. Another incredible victory. We expelled some demons against the Pats on that one. Yeah, they, they were undefeated against us. Mark says, thank you, Joy, for your hard work putting the show together every week. Rain or shine, win or lose. And you're always welcome, Mark. You are always welcome. Mike Dell responds with, here, here. Yep, thank you so much to both of you. Big time. Sorry for being so in, uh, uninvolved last week. Mike Dell says, Kenei. Mike Dell says, God, we need... Uh, Christian Derisaw back pronto, and I was thinking, I hope so. That's for darn sure. Mike Dale says, good variety of distribution on the first drive involving a myriad of different receivers. Dave Hickey says, old Tony Romo is sure calling a different game today for the lovable losing Lions. Another nail-biter. Who'd have thought? Again, continued Dave Hickey. Who'd have thought, right? <laughs> um, Dave Hickey says, defense playing like bleep again. Eric Mostert says primetime Kirk, and then like, oh boy, you know that look, like, oh my, yep. <laughs> Let's get to the post-game thread here, and then we'll look at the demographics. Ben McCarthy says, happy Thanksgiving, skull, good game, hope our defense gets better, yeah, and I hope so too. Eric Mostert says, nice, uh, both of these guys out of South Dakota, says a nice bounce-back win in primetime nonetheless, yep. Andre Chorovong, yep, welcome to, uh, great to hear from you again. He says, Matt Patricia is the offensive line coach and de facto offensive coordinator. Steve Belichick, Belichick is the linebacker's coach and de facto defensive coordinator. Sounds kind of like uh, what the Vikings were doing last year, doesn't it? Yeah, but of course, Belichick, I don't think he's on the verge of getting let go or anything, but it's not a good mix. Tony Coleman, yep, good thoughts there, Andre. Tony Coleman out of South Dakota. Great to hear, yep, that's another South Dakota legend there. Oh, man, what a fun game. I have to say, this season has been a blast. They've had these exact same kind of games for years, but finally this season, the Vikings are ending up on top. I missed the uh, I missed the game last week, and a good thing, he says, but this was a good return for, to Vikings football. Happy Thanksgiving, Purple Mafia family, and Skull. Mike, Mike O'Connor, cool, that's a cool name, just like Kevin O'Connell, right? 
Oh, shoot. I just hit the wrong button. Of course I did. And we're getting the white screen of nothingness. Come on now. Oh, you know, it showed something. Pretty sure he's from Minnesota. Locally here, somewhere. No, well, it's Foundation. Yeah, it's it's in Minnesota, so I'm not sure the exact location. He says, my heart stopped too many times. Yeah, it was scary. Mike Dill says, man, oh man, another barn burn. I like that word, yep. Woo, it's a big one. Yep, it's one of those big ones. Man, oh man, another barn burner. An uh, Mike Dale, by the way. Another back and forth game where the defense finally tightened up at the end, or at the at the eleventh hour, and made the big smart plays despite looking out of sorts through the first three and a half quarters. Yes, there are injuries to both Danzler and Evans that are really making us look vulnerable and exposed. However, when the game was on the line. Our big players came up big on defense. I'm especially looking at you, Daniil Hunter, with the timely sack, and Patrick Peterson keeping the receiver inbounds on Pat's last drive. On the Pat's last drive. The Pat's, not Patrick Peterson. The Patriots. Yep, last drive, sorry. Seemingly the only time they threw his direction, yep. Offense looked like it had a productive day and preserved despite the injury to Christian Derrissaw, Blake Brandle seemed to be an adequate band-aid as the offense was able to put up 33. Yeah, he was so much better, wasn't he? Where the week before, he was just, you know, talking about band-aids and all that stuff. It was more like a, please stop the bleeding, that kind of thing. Like a band-aid that wasn't working at all. But in this case, it was a good band-aid. Yep. Fran Award goes to Justin Jefferson. He's racking them up, and it should be no surprise to no one other players that played well were Kirk Cousins, Kenny Nwangwu, and Adam Thielen, who finally looked to be back on the, uh, to be let back in the fold with a few more targets and receptions. Not to mention the go-ahead touchdown today after a seemingly multi-game uh, barren spell. Yep. Congrats also to T.J. Hawkinson on his first Vikings touchdown. We also might have the have the best punter in the league in Ryan Wright. Yeah, I think so. As for Ponder Memorial, Duke Shelley had a very rough day. That said, he's CB number five. Yeah, in the depth chart. So he was always going to struggle when frequently and relentlessly targeted and tested. Also, Greg Joseph, again, another missed extra point. This has become an epidemically pro epidemic proclivity of his to push his extra point kicks to the right and needs to be uh, rectified sharpish. I don't know if a sports psychologist needs to be brought in, as this seems to be a case of the yips, a la Chuck Knobloch or Mackie Saucer. Yeah, Chuck Knobloch at second base, right? Yeah, for the uh, New York Yankees, right? So yes, I do have memories of that. He's obviously, he he's obviously in his own head, and he either needs professional help or replacing, as this franchise and its iconic, tortured, self-inflicted demise via missed field goals. Slash kicks will once again eventually bite us in the arse. Again, excuse me, again though, the level of fight and lack of panic has impressed me. It's a welcome pick-me-up from the demoralizing and systemically dismantling of our team by the Cowboys just this past Sunday. It shows resilience and more importantly, a mental toughness on the part of our young coaching regime showing they can get trounced <laughs> They can get trounced, recover, and make the proper pre- and in-game adjustments and game plans. Kudos. 
kudos that their growth as a team and coaching staff. Yep, to their growth as a team and a coaching staff. 9-2 and and roll on next week against a plucky Jets team. Zach Wilson is very mistake prone, but their defense is legit and they're a team not to dally with or be slept upon despite their recent notorious futility. Skull, and yep, they beat the Bears really bad today. And, um... It might be Mike White at quarterback, but uh, yeah, and I don't think he's going to duplicate the numbers he put up against the Bears today. But no, great, thank you. That was awesome. Dave Hickey wraps things up here on the Facebook page saying, yep, he's got a big one too. Another thrilling game. It would be great if we can have a game where everyone is clicking. The closest game so far was game one against the much-hated Rodgers and company, and how improbable was that? What was that was that game? One of the new coaching staff and system. I can't say enough good things about this coaching staff. They really have changed the culture of this team, giving the players more confidence and freedom to make mistakes and not get benched or cussed out. And the coach and quarterback are openly talking during the game, not just the quarterback either. Coach is actively working with all the players during the game. Coach has been a professional the whole season after last week when we got our ass handed to us. He admitted mistakes he made. He pulled players out of the game and and uh, when the game was out of hand so they didn't get a bad injury and a meaningless loss. Would Zimmer ever do that? Hell no. And right after the game, he would throw his players under the bus and never take responsibility for any of it. As for the kicker, something needs to be done. We cannot keep leaving points out there. Kicking problems always seem to happen. With our team after, <laughs> with our team year after year, it's too bad Coach O'Connell wasn't around when Daniel Carlson was here, because I believe he would have worked with him. It seems like he's a good player now, and maybe he can do he, he can do this with Greg Joseph. I don't know who's out there for kickers, but some competition needs to be brought in. If Zimmer was still here, Joseph would 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 not be. But like I said, we don't want that kind of coaching around anymore. But sometimes you need to light a fire under his ass. Congratulations, T.J. Hawkinson, on his first touchdown with the Vikings. I, I just wish it would have come in last week's game because I believe that would have made a difference in that game. But the pass is the past, and I shouldn't keep dwelling on it. Besides, he's the closest thing to to Victor the Viking on the team. Yep, yeah, he's got that long look. Yep, I believe he really does look like the team logo. Congratulations on your new logo, Joey. It looks great. And your new sponsor. Thanks for all your hard work putting the podcast together and have a safe and blessed Thanksgiving to all the Purple Mafia faithful as well. Skull, and thank you so much, Dave Hickey, for that. I mean, <laughs> you guys are both getting stars. There's no doubt about it. Tanae's getting a star. No doubt about it. I mean, Mad Martin, Mark Carlson, you guys deserve one every week. Every week. You know, I mean, consistency from, and I mean, Tony Coleman, uh, doesn't post as much as he used to. Maybe he will some more. Hopefully, um, hopefully. But uh, if he doesn't, it's uh, you know if he's busy or he doesn't want to post, it's okay. But I always miss you when you're not there, Tony. I love hearing from you. Um, um, really appreciate hearing from Brent McCarthy, Eric Mostard. Yep, really love you guys, Andre, Mike, uh, Mike O'Connor. Nice to hear from you as well. Um, gold star for this episode it's so hard it's so hard i mean you're like uh, three of you like deserve it big time um where do i go where do i go with this it's like it's almost impossible almost impossible gosh 
and I don't want to give them three gold stars. That's like, I don't know, it's like really three, you know? That sounds kind of crazy. Um, oh, God. Oh, God. It's like, hmm. It's, it's almost impossible. Almost impossible. Ah, the cool part is all three of you are already in the Hall of Fame. If you can, yep, all three of them are already in the Hall of Fame. So, ah, but I mean, you know, you can always get Gold Star of the Year too, type of thing. Like the Dave Hickey's got one before. Tanae is, <laughs> Tanae's been awesome all year. Um, where do we go? I'm having a hell of a time with this <laughs> decision. Oh, boy. Um, because I don't, hmm. Gold Star is going to go to Dave Hickey. Dave Hickey's going to get the gold. <sighs> Mike and Tanae, gold-plated silver. That's, the, you know, yeah, gold-plated silver, no doubt about it. Uh, bronze, Tony and Mark Carlson bringing in the bronze. Uh, thank you guys so much for all all that you guys do for this show. Mad Martin, obviously, always, uh, you know, bronze star at the very least for this one as well. I mean, just you guys are just so great. And I love hearing from you. I love the posts. Um, it's Christmas season now. I hope all of you are ready for it and enjoy it and all that. <laughs> obviously, like I say on other shows and probably on this one, the only thing I don't like about Christmas is probably the, the, the crowds everywhere. You know, everything's out of whack. And, of course, people always going off of work for like a month or something. It's really annoying. Um, at least in the place I work, it happens way too much. Uh, it's annoying. Um, but it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> with that said, again, I mean, I, I, can't, I, I can't say enough of how much I love driving around the neighborhood and other neighborhoods and looking at Christmas lights. It's like an addiction for me this time of year. So... Hope I don't damage my car too much by doing that, like wear and tear. But um, Packers driving, and they might be taking the lead. How about that? Go, Pack, go. And it's just the first quarter. 13-13, to 13, extra point pending. Go, Pack, go. I didn't realize how much they were coming back in this one, how ugly it looked just moments ago. Cool. Well, this is nice. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Green Bay is going to help Minnesota, possibly? That'd be great. Uh, anyhow, though, I mean, really appreciate everything you guys do for this show, spreading the word about it and and all that. It just means so much. Um, look at the demographics super quick here before I wrap the things up. Also, encourage you yep, keep telling your friends about the show and anybody that wants to help. Yeah, just yeah, tell your friends about the show, share it and all that. Facebook, Twitter, or whatever else there is. Yep, United Kingdom is a strong second behind the United States, so. Man, that is really great. I love, uh, thank you so much for those of you in the United Kingdom, the the Lions, basically. And I don't mean like Detroit Lions. I mean like the real Lions. Those are the real Lions out of England and how America is basically called the Young Lions in the Bible. So that's kind of cool. Um, it's like a hint at that. Norway, Spain, Australia, of course. Uh, Singapore, still in third place. Pretty cool, Singapore. So... And when I see places like Iraq and stuff, I'm thinking that might be soldiers, even in Norway. Who knows? So, really appreciate all of you. As for states, let's look at that one more time, just for fun. Um, you just know, uh, yep, uh, yep, Iowa's number one with a bullet. Minnesota, number two. England, number three. Um, New York, the state of New York, number four. That is awesome. California, Florida, Arizona, Nebraska, Illinois. Thank you so much, and I just, I think it's so fun to look at that kind of thing. 
but uh, Iowa Purple Mafia, the Iowa Purple Mafia, <laughs> thank you guys so much. With that, um, wishing all of you a nice week. Please write a positive rating on Apple Podcasts if you could. Those of you that have Apple Podcasts or any of the other apps like Spotify, Audible, and Stitcher are the ones I know you can. Maybe some others. Green Bay leads Philly. Of course, it is just the first quarter, but they're ahead. They're on a 14-0 run, so that's pretty cool. With that said, hope you have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you after the Jets game. <laughs>